G'day and welcome to the second episode of So We Think Talking Racing with Benway and myself, Emma Friedman. And before we get into this great program that we've got on offer at Caulfield and Randwick this Saturday, it has to be said, the guy to my right is an absolute trooper. He's lost his voice throughout the course of the week, but he still fronts up for today's podcast. Ben, how you going? Yeah, people have been praying for this day. <laughs> and it's finally happened. The lengths that people will go to for a Strepsil sponsorship is ridiculous. But um, there is a horse racing reference, actually. I'm feeling very much like a donkey today, a little horse. Well, let's try and get you feeling up to being a thoroughbred Okay, with you. a few things that we've got going on. Before yep. we get into the interview that we are going to bring you today, because we have recorded that and you got through that pretty well, yeah. um, this is what is on offer on Saturday. It's a, it's a feast for racing fans. At Randwick, the Five Diamonds prelude over the 1,500 metres for the five-year-olds, a million dollars in prize money for that event. The Big Dance Wildcard, of course, that big event, first Tuesday in November at Royal Randwick over the mile. And then the Kirkham Plate for the two-year-olds is a fascinating contest first race on the program as well and then at Caulfield well the Caulfield Cup over the 2400 metres the group one event that everyone wants to win one of the big five events in racing the thousand guineas prelude interesting that it's still at this point in time considering the thousand guineas is in about a month and a half's time. Uh, the McCafe sprint over the 1,000 metres for Group 2 level and then the Alingi for the Phillies and Mares over the 1100 as well okay so before we go any further, we yep. did ask you to rank your top five Caulfield, Cup, Caulfield Cups. It's one of the classic events on the racing yeah. calendar. How'd you go? Uh, well, well, unlike my predictions last week, and we will attempt to recap some of them a little bit later on, but I went with Viewed on top. So the way that I saw it, we can rank them however we like. Some of them had controversy uh, favourites scratched at the barriers, amazing finishes, protests, those sorts of things. I just went with a horse that I backed when I was desperate one day and it got up. So I remember sitting there with my mates on the parade at Norwood in South Australia and we had about six, seven people over for Caulfield Cup Day and I was absolutely not gambling responsible. <laughs> I was having a bad day and I had about $40 left, not to my name, but that I was willing to... You know, have a throw at the stumps, 20 each way on viewed. Brad Rewilla was probably was probably one of the best rides in a group one I've ever seen. And so that's definitely top of the tree. And my Rakti was another punting success story, Duna Den. So really it's just a, a list of the ones I've backed that have won. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, hey. there are some big races where that list is very short. Correct. Yeah. But you've obviously had great success in the Caulfield Cup. Yep. For me, I ranked Might and Power on top from 1997. The nature in which he did it, the eight-length victory, the first group one in his absolute dominance for the next two years where then he won a Melbourne Cup, Cox Plate, twice horse of the year. I think it was the the shining light to say, hello, we've got a new star on the scene here. Yeah. Then I had Mummify in 2003 for personal reasons. Um, he was an on-speed uh, kind of horse and, you know, you love that pattern, especially mm. over staying trips. Can they stay in the front yeah. from go to woe? Uh, Northerly 2002 ranked third for me. Hard to be a two-time Cox Plate winner and then be a Caulfield Cup winner as well. Yeah, also had to carry that top weight of 58 kilos, tough on speed effort yet again. Viewed for me as well. I mean, part mm. of the reason for Bart too. Yeah. Yeah. A winner of seven Caulfield Cups and then incentivise. We just didn't get to see the absolute best no. of this guy. His career was cut short due to injury, but that Caulfield Cup in 2021, 
just gave us a peek into his talent and how brilliant he was. It's a phrase that gets thrown around a bit too much these days, but he was just beast mode that day. Nothing on earth would have beaten him in that race. One of the shortest priced favourites in Caulfield Cup history to win. Okay, so let's recap what did happen last week with our selections. Predictions Uh, or selections? Okay, let's go with predictions Predictions. first. Okay. Okay, so your prediction was? That, hang on. Visiting jockeys will ride more winners than the Sydney regulars. Unfortunately for you, Mm. it didn't quite come off, but you got close because a number of interstate and international jockeys were in the placings. So eight of them placed. But uh, I beg to differ. Zach Lloyd, born in Durban. Oh, oh, please. Karen McAvoy, South Australia. No, 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 no. Regan Bayless, Queensland-born, Victorian No, no, goodbye. James McDonald, New Zealand. No, see ya. That's it. So tick. So yours, hang on, what was yours? Mine was that Royal Randwick would be rocking with the biggest crowd ever. Right. In modern times. hang (laughs) Hang on, you didn't mention in modern times. There was no reference to Everest. So our producers. Hang on, yours was Sydney based. I know. Oh, so you're out too. Oh, mine's horrific. Yeah, correct. I'm accepting mine was a yeah, loss. Yeah. That's only... I needed to put in modern times. I will agree with you on that because back in the 40s, you could pack over 90,000 yeah. people into Randwick. But now, of course, with the beautiful Wink stand and all the new facilities, having said that, next year the idea of possibly using the infield with yep. marquees and car parks and stuff, if Love they it. get that up yeah. for Everest Day, how unbelievable will it be? Well, it's, it's a matter of people scrambling for tickets yeah. at the moment. So if we can make it accessible to more, that'll be great. And I will say, even though I'm nitpicking, it was a record Everest crowd. Yeah. It was a huge crowd. We loved it. The vibe was fantastic. So it's building every year. In terms of tips, I stank. <laughs> Worse, my voice is better than my tipping. Aww. So Yellow Brick, oh, horrific. Horrid. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uncommon James. Nails Murphy was my value play. Did place. Yeah. So that's, that's a win. Something for the battlers. Yeah. That's I one wish, to follow. I wish I win. Uh, Unlucky that yeah. draw didn't help him. Buckaroo, rubbish. Absolutely. Stepardi. <laughs> yeah. So. On speed uh, at Caulfield wins the guineas for Griff. Brilliant yeah. effort by Ben Mellon there. I had a bit of success with Fangirl winning the yeah. King Charles the Third. She was brilliant. You can tell in the yard she was on that day. And I'd had reports from the camp that she was ready to fire one, and she did. She was a rocket. So that was a win for me. Uh, and then Arctic Glamour winning the oh. Reginald Allen as well. She is a filly with plenty of promise, and she plummeted in the market for the 1,000 guineas. I think she was $11 for the 1,000 guineas Saturday morning, and she got into $4.50 by Saturday afternoon. But there is a horse going around on Saturday at Randwick who might have her measure in commemorative. Well, she could step straight over the top of Arctic Glamour. She's, she's that big. She's a big giant. So I can't wait to see her back. But she's short on the weekend and the 1,000 guineas is over considerably further. So there's a possibility you could get beaten, just run on on Saturday and then take it out. But commemorative, yeah, I'm pretty keen later on. Hey, just on this this voice, mm. in ter- if this stays around forever, clearly oh. my um, Your days are over. racing presenting days are over. Yeah. So what are my other you know, employment opportunities. I'm kind of thinking... You want to work um, with the stewards? Like murder mystery. Oh, right. Oh, you want to use the voice? (laughs) You know, something like a, um, you know... uh, Do you want to work in a call centre? That's not the first person to go missing in these woods. Oh, that's very good. It's a bit John Jarrett. Yeah. Terrifying. Uh, um, There's the obvious path. There's the... Yeah, the phone call path. The porn, yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So as I 
run my hand up. Okay, no, let's okay. Um, no. let's just reset. And uh, I've got options. Bring in a I'm special saying. guest to talk about the Caulfield Cup. Yeah. He's a man who's won four Caulfield Cups, trained over 4,000 career winners, and he also happens to be my father. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to have a chat to him. To be honest, it's an honour and a privilege. Welcome. And I, and I need to see the source of this. Uh, well, I think I throw more to the dam, but um, definitely to the sire in terms of my love of racing. Welcome, Lee. Hello, Em. How are you? Ben, how are you? How are you? As I said, it's so good to have you on the show, and I feel as though this is the perfect week for it too. Yeah, the Caulfield Cup has been a race that has been very, very kind to you, having won four throughout your training career so far. Won't yeah. put a stop to it just yet. There might be one more still in the old boy yet. But we wanted you to rank your best Caulfield Cup winners because there are some absolute champs in the ones that you have trained. Yes. I'm just going to remember what I told you. It's <laughs> <laughs> going well already. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, well, I'd, I'd rank, I'd rank Mummify number one because uh, he, he did it fairly hard because he had a very soft... Uh, he had a he had a block blocked in run in the uh, Turnbull, and never never really uh, got any benefit out of the Turnbull. So I decided to run him again in the what was the Lumber the following week, and ran him three weeks in a row. So he went third week in a row into the Caulfield Cup, which I, mean, I considered he was fit then. And um, Danny Nicolick led all the way on the horse. So yeah, he's one of the few horses that I know of in, in, in my life in racing uh, that's led all the way in the Caulfield Cup and won. Uh, I think it's been done since. Northerly? Did it before, maybe? Elvstrom, perhaps. Yeah. Elvstrom, Elvstrom perhaps. But um, uh, he's one of the few that's been able to lead all the way and win. And, uh, uh, no, I thought that, that was probably our best. Our second was probably Paris Lane because... Um, he'd had a very good winter up, up here in Queensland, and then he uh, he had a very good lead in to the Caulfield Cup uh, via, via the Turnbull, I think, again. Uh, and, but the morning of the race, it stood on a mail and he ran a, a shoeing nail right up into his hoof. So fortunately, it bled. Those things need to bleed out so that you don't. Um, you're in trouble if they don't bleed out. So uh, he bled out, and I had a wonderful farrier at the time, a guy called Dick Bell, which you might remember. Remember old Dick Bell, Emma? Probably you were too young. You're probably a bit but, young. Um, uh, you know, typical farrier, um, 30 or 40 kilos overweight and bent over like a hat pin, you know, <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> they spend their life underneath horses, getting, and they mm. all end up with bad backs, so. Um, so he, he said, oh, I'll fix that up. We, um, we, we used, um, I, the first time I'd ever used it, I've used it ever, ever since, is um, electric soda, which is what they called washing soda in the old days. They used to wash clothes in it. So, but it apparently had wonderful drawing power. So we bathed him in this and got him pretty good, feeling pretty good. Uh, and... Because it was an, it was very recent and it hadn't infection hadn't set in or any real bruising, we got away with it. But he was a bit um, he was a bit proppy the next morning just on that foot. Doremus was thrown in. 
Yeah, he was thrown into the weights. I think he had 52 kilos, which for a horse of his ability was very, very good. And um, it allowed him to get the full penalty for the Melbourne Cup and still go on to win the Melbourne Cup, which very few have completed the double. That's probably in single figures that have in recent times completed the double. And then, of course, mannerism was, yeah, she was, she was probably a bit lucky that Shane went walkabout on the favourite in that race. Um, uh, I saw a very funny skit by Dr. Turf the other day uh, over in the Caulfield Railway Station, which is outside the track, and he, he reckoned the horse actually ran through there and out of turnstile and back onto, a, onto the track. <laughs> he went that wide on the horse, which wasn't actually true, but, you know. Um, but he was, Vianda Cross was probably lucky to run into her too because she, I think being a mare, she only had about 52 or three and uh, he'd been the uh, the unlucky uh, three-year-old of his year because I kept beating him with naturalism in the in the, in the Rose Hill Guineas and the, and the AJC Derby. So, you know, he obviously attracted a lot more weight than her. So, yeah, that's how I'd rate the, that's how I'd rate the four of them. I think uh, Maccabi said, it was only a second, but I think I thought that was nearly as good as any of the winners um, behind Elvstrom because um, he had it very easy all the way and, it, and she had to make a long run and, and just got beaten in the nose. And, and I'd only had her for three runs, so I didn't know an enormous amount about her. But um, I referenced David Hall after the race. He said, That'll, she'll be right for the Melbourne Cup now. You won't have to run her again. And he was right. You know, we just kept the work up to it. But anyway, that was a beaten effort. But yeah, that's how I rate the four winners anyway. What do you need to win a Caulfield Cup in modern times? Um, how do you assess, I guess, how the race has changed over the last, you know, 20 or 30 years and what a trainer would be looking for in this day and age to win it? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know that it has changed an awful lot uh, in terms of comparing it to the Melbourne Cup, which has attracted a lot more uh, European horses. I mean, European horses do run in the Caulfield Cup. European horses have won the Caulfield Cup, but it doesn't attract the volume of runners that the Melbourne Cup has attracted and therefore it hasn't been kind of affected quite as much as the Melbourne Cup has. Um, and and that said, Caulfield's quite a difficult, even since the reconstruction and the canvas been changed, Caulfield's quite a difficult track. And a lot of horses don't handle it really well at their first start. So, uh, okay, I think you need a horse that, that can handle a track. You obviously need a high-class stayer, that's number one. You need a horse that's probably got a rating up around 100 and, 106 to 10 minimum to be able to win it these days because the the uh, the rates are compressed so you need a high class horse and with a, with obviously a little bit of weight for age form helps too and then that if you get that big weight drop from your weight for age mark back to your mm. handicap mark then you're in business and that's that was what um, that's what Mummify had. He ran second to Lonro in the in the what was the Yalumba, which I think now they call what what do they call it Saturday, the something else, the mm. two thousand metre weight for age race. Crawford Stakes originally, then the Yalumba. Um, so he ran second to Lonro, beaten about a length, and then dropped seven kilos, I think, into the in the Caulfield yeah. Cup. So, barring incident or bad luck. You know that horse was going to be extremely hard to beat. So, so that's the other issue. The, if you get a well-weighted horse 
uh, that, that's, that's pushing pushing forward with really good staying form and has has uh, the potential to go to maybe you know 115 or 120. I'm sorry, I'm talking ratings all the time, but having spent three and a half years in Singapore, everything's about ratings, and uh, um, so that's how I compare horses. You know, you, know so you need a horse in that range. It doesn't necessarily. People say, oh, hasn't won over the trip. That's not really of much interest to me because um, I've rarely found that a horse that can run out a very, very strong 2,000 metres uh, can't run 24. You will get horses that do. I've had a couple, few in it. The Marble Horse was an example. I think he started favourite in Might and Powers Cup and he, um, he was a brilliant horse. At 16, he won a Turak and he won a... Turnbull Stakes, I think, and a Craig Least or Maccabi D Stakes, but he just couldn't get 2400. But that's that's usually that doesn't worry. And a lot of horses have jumped straight from 1600 metres to the 2400 and won it, like Might and Power and uh, that mare of Nick Collins years ago. Gone, dredging him up now. Yeah. Uh, but it's a... yeah, so so encapsulating it, you need a you need a high class horse. You need a horse that's probably beaten the handicapper at the weights. Um, you need a horse that can get round Caulfield well. And it's preferable to have a jockey who's brilliant at Caulfield too. So when you see blokes like Damien Oliver have won, I think he's won, what, four Caulfield? Yeah, four or five. Yeah, four. Yeah. yeah. He's, but he's won a lot of big group ones around Caulfield. He knows that track very well. Not that he's the only one, but it, but it does help to have a really good Caulfield jockey uh, and that sometimes eliminate it has in the past eliminated a few of the city jockeys, not anymore because they all they swap and change between cities depending where the races are now. So, um, but years gone by, you probably think twice before you put a city jockey. On. I think I've heard before Caulfield Cups have won many starts before the actual Caulfield Cup itself in terms of how you manage the ratings and avoiding the handicapper but still getting into the race. Did you ever yeah. have a horse that you thought you were? You're sort of sort of trying to manage its handicap. Did you have a a horse that you didn't quite get into the race where you thought I missed an opportunity here? It probably would have would have gone close. You mean I screwed up? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I have screwed up a lot, but um, I can't actually think of a horse that I said, you know, if we'd have managed that better, he'd have won the Caulfield Cup. Um, it's a balance, though, isn't it? It is a balance because you can overdo the autumn and you can get a high rating, but then you're, you're probably a tired horse and you're probably like 56, 55, 56 and above in a Caulfield Cup is a lot of weight. It doesn't sound like it because we see them going around with 59 and 60 at midweeks all the time because the weight um, measure has gone up. But 55 and above is a big weight in a Caulfield Cup. So, you know, if you if you look at the on balance, the number of, Winners percentage-wise that carry 55 and less than 55, it's quite high. It's quite high. When you get the Northerlies, you know, the Northerlies can carry 50, whatever you carry. And I think if he runs, I don't know where he's drawn, but I think, you know, uh, I think the horse Saturday to beat is Gold Trip. I've never seen a horse win a Even though he's going to carry 58 and a half? He'll carry it because he's a, he's a high-class horse. He won a Melbourne Cup. Yeah. And, I, and as I said, I've never seen a Turnbull Stakes win in years like that. That was extraordinary. Yeah. As easy, yeah. yeah. We're speaking about your Caulfield Cup wins as if it was 
five lifetimes ago. It wasn't necessarily, but you are now up in Queensland and you had a couple of Bow Desert trialers. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Getting well, into the trial yeah, files. What well, did you like? I'm always fishing. So you're a, you're a trial person. Binding and open-minded. He had it okay. okay. I was making on Saturday. You're right in yeah. his wheelhouse. Now yeah. look at your eyes light up. Yeah. Here we go. Uh Open-minded was set up for me by Dream because Anthony had him and he was quite a good horse in Melbourne. I think he's got he's got about five wins in Melbourne and he's got placings behind some very good horses, but he's been out of form for a while. And the team thought it'd be better to give him a try up here in the in the warmer weather, and he's he's done very well. Um, but his first run for me said I've taken all the gear off him just to have a look at the horse, and um, Dave tells me that he I shouldn't have taken the blinkers off because he goes really good in the blinkers. I said, well, look, he. He trialed good without him, and he's a different horse. He's older now, so we'll just we'll have a look. So yeah, I think he'll run well. I, I yeah, I think he'll run well. And the other mare's she's she's quite a useful mare, but she um she usually takes a run or two to hit a peak. Like she'll run on well, but she'll probably say, oh yeah, well I'll have something on her next start if that helps you. Well, she wanted she was once maybe an Oaks prospect. Is that right? Well, only in my mind. I don't think she could run the trip. I, mean, I ran her against some of the better fillies in the winter and she wasn't up to it. But she's the sort of mare, if she's placed correctly here, she's a say you think here too, so she's going to get better as she gets older. And she, she'll win a, you know, five, six, seven races, which was most mares can't do. So she's a useful mare, but she's she's probably not an Oaks filly. To finish with, because I'm going to save your voice. Um, all right, so you, you think gold tripper will be hard to beat, but using your recipe and your theories about ratings, about dropping weight from possibly a, a weight for age start in the start prior, drawing a good gate with a jockey who gets around Caulfield pretty good and gets the 2,400 metres, not necessarily on paper, but, you know, beyond the 2,000. What, what's the other selection? Probably Sulcum. I thought its run was, uh, a couple of its runs have been outstanding. This time in, and his win in the Queen Elizabeth back in the uh, last spring was was outstanding. And his horse has just been bubbling away. I think he's been favourite for one or both of the cups off and on for quite a few months now. So, uh, and knowing Chris's ability to to, to, to have those horses ready, I, I think I think he's probably the big danger. Um, but I, I really like. Caulfield Cup, uh, Melbourne Cup winners going back to the Caulfield Cup the next year. If you go back and research that, um, the hit rate's quite high for the number of horses that have done it, like um, View did it and uh, and a couple of others I can think of in recent times. Um, View did it, the, the back to front. You often think, oh, they'll do it Caulfield-Melbourne, but they yeah. often do it back to Caulfield. Yeah. yeah. So that would be my tip. I, I haven't looked at the field yet. And I don't know where he's drawn, but it doesn't think really matters with him because he gets he gets back midfield or whatever anyway. So Yeah, for sure. Would you like to say no? Thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank you for taking us through your favorite cups of all time and uh for giving us a tip for the classic on uh better, on better get our mate to the vet, I think. He doesn't he might have herpes. Mate, I reckon he needs to go now. I'm one, I'm in trouble. One day, Lee, I'm gonna interview you where I can actually ask you a question. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. See you guys. Well, it's been a day on So We Think, and I've got to give you a round of applause. We have shortened today's edition of the podcast because you need to rest your voice, big guy. You need to be rested up for a big Saturday of racing, but also 
for next week's edition as well. Yeah, I'm hoping that I'll be back. Everyone's telling me it's four to five days of honey and lem sips and those sorts of things. I do want to say I feel a little bit bad because you get to speak to your dad all the time. <laughs> Is this show cursed? Is this show cursed? <laughs> um, we get to speak to what's going on. We, you get to speak to your dad all the time. I do. I don't. And I, I had an opportunity today to sit down and talk to a Caulfield Cup legend and couldn't spit a sentence out. So apologies to those listening and to Lee. It was a, uh, a bit of a shame. But that said, you got enough you know, there that I think a lot of our listeners will have taken a bit out of it. And we still have enough voice, just enough. Just enough. To get selections out for this week. Okay, so Lee thought that Gold Trip would be very... Hard to beat with Sulcum, the obvious danger, even though Gold Trip has to carry that mammoth weight of 58.5 kilos. Let's go through our Saturday selections uh, thanks to Bet's friends on the Tab app. I will start. My best of the day at Caulfield, Riff Rocket. We spoke about him last week. He is a rocket, this horse, and I think over the further trip, he'll just continue to improve and exert some dominance. So, so it's my what, best of the what day. What price, sorry? What am I about a dollar forty? Dollar forty, yeah. Yeah, I think yours yeah. is not far off either. It's though. even money, so yep. more than double. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my value pick of the day, race four at Randwick in Queenmaker for Edward Cummings. Ed, yep. I think she's a big chance of sneaking into the placings, and that's the value of the value pick. Is just got to finish top three, hopefully. Okay. My Caulfield Cup winner, yes, there's a family leaning, but I think he's going really well. The weight drop will help him as well. He definitely gets over the 2,400 metres marks are in the saddle with without a fight. And then in the five diamonds, democracy manifests, not just mm. for the name. Mostly in the name. But he's definitely improving and he's definitely a progressive type, already a group three winner. Yep. Let's get to this uh, million-dollar prelude race um, and see what he does. Okay. My best of the day, commemorative, the Godolphin runner. Can't wait to see her back. Fell in love with the midweeks. She is just a giant and she will win the 1,000 guineas prediction now. Oh, you're putting that down now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Notch it down. Okay. Value pick of the day, Bizarro, race number 10, each way. Caulfield Cup winner, Montefilia. I've never been a huge Montefilia fan and she's burnt me a few times at either end. Either I've backed her and she's failed or... I've backed two Yamal and she's gone straight oh, past. that hard? But the more I watched that last 100 metres mm. and the more I watched last year's Caulfield Cup, the more I'm like, she was there. She should have won last year. She's a four-time Group 1 winner. Yeah. So I don't know why I'm understating her. Yeah. But everyone is because she's at double figures yeah. again. So, And the five-diamond prelude winner, I'll go with Coteal, who was desperately unlucky last start. Uh, we're not going to go into them in detail, but in terms of predictions, I, I think that Zach Lloyd and Tommy Berry are going to have monster days and... You're keen on one trainer in the highway. Oh, Matt Dunn, he's just an absolute superstar when it comes to the highways. He's got two runners and I think they can both run well. So a done deal there for him to continue his dominance. Ever since he's moved up to Mawillam Bar and floated those horses down each week, his strike rate is off the charts. But you're right about Zach and Tommy with some of the big guns down in Melbourne or Nash out of action for the next couple of weeks due to suspension. They've got a huge opportunity to get – uh, a number of winners um, on Saturday at Randwick. Well, Zach's got two at even money for Godolphin. I think Tommy's on three or four favourites there. And Brett Preble has a couple of nice rides too. So I think it'll be those guys. And certainly they're not second tier. They're guns in their own right. But with a couple of big names out, that helps. Well, you're a trooper. Thank you for putting up with us uh, listening at home because, I mean, it's been an interesting listen, but I'm proud of you for pushing through. 
I feel for everybody involved that's had to listen and piece together this podcast because I have been a, a broken man, but Everest Everest Carnival does this to us. Mm. It's a big event and it takes, you know, a little bit of strength to get through. I've I'm a fallen soldier. I haven't made it through, but you're still going strong. You know what they say? You've been able to carry it. What goes up must come down. <laughs> well, I must have been really high up. Oh, I think you Because, geez, I've had a fall. <laughs> I've had a fall. But hey, anyway. uh, thanks for joining us. We will be back with voices much more intact yep. next Thursday to take a look at all the great racing at Mooney Valley and at Royal Randwick. But uh, in the meantime, gamble responsibly and happy punting. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.